in today's show. We look at all of the action from the seven games on Monday, a Cade Cunningham injury update, waiver wire moves, and the great Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and substack joshlloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks. If my thing would load up, I could tell you what it was. Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. The promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, we have got seven games to talk about. We have got lots of interesting stuff um, that happened, some bad news as well, which we'll get straight into now. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, we've got the official news. Cade Cunningham. I know some people are still hanging on to hope because it says, oh, it says he plans on getting surgery. What if he changes his plans? Just drop him. In fact, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! My name is Richie Cunningham. Yeah, see you later, Cade. Um, it's been a disastrous season. It's not as disastrous as maybe you might think it was. It wasn't good, though. Yeah, it's one that I got completely wrong. Also, when we missed out on 60 games of being able to get it right, which is frustrating. Um, Cade out for the season with shin splint fracture or shin fracture repair surgery. Cade, his shooting numbers were well down. He was shooting 28% from three, below what he did last season as a rookie on twos. He's still averaging 20.6 rebounds, six assists. His steals were down 50% from his rookie season as well. So... Yeah, when I look at it, I did expect some big steps forward from Cade this season. That's not unusual for a second-year player, especially one who's taken some steps forward as their rookie season progresses. Um, Yeah, I I still think the logic of me projecting Cade as a like early third-round player is sound. Obviously, the shooting, I didn't go, hey, you know what? The logical thing is Cade's going to be worse at shooting. He's going to be significantly worse. In fact, he's going to be one of the worst shooters in the NBA. Like, if you come in with that expectation, then... You know, that's ridiculous. But that's what he was. And that pushed him down to be like the 70th best player this season. I think he's going to be significantly underrated next season because of this disaster of a season. Like, don't get me wrong. Like having Cade in the third round was clearly wrong. Right? It's going to be a disastrous pick. It's a disastrous pick on the team that I picked him there because he sucked for 10 games. That's not true. He sucked for five of those 10 games. It dragged his percentages way down. And then he got hurt and we didn't see him again. But we see players go through shooting slumps all the time. And they last seven, eight, nine games. It happens all the time. And then they, almost inadvertently, especially the good players, go on streaks where they hit 54% of their shots and 43% from three. And average 27, eight, and eight with 1.5 steals and they're a top 10 player. Like, that stuff happens. 
But when your season gets cut short from injury after 12 games, you don't get the opportunity for that hot streak to balance out the bad. And that's going to make, I think, Kate a massively, maybe, a massively buy-low dynasty guy. I'd, I'd inquire because he was disappointing. He disappointed the start of his rookie season. He came on strong at the end of last season. And now we've got an injury to, to end his second year. Big Al, huge Al. Big mistake. Again, I still think you know, what I preach all the time on this show is process and going through the process on that, like expecting him to take some steps forward, marginal, not gigantic, and to play an extra two to three minutes per game that he did as a rookie. I think all of that is relatively reasonable and it doesn't change my entire approach to what I do. But it was shit. He was shit. And now the season's over and it's a completely disaster. Obviously, Killian Hayes is, is the must-grab guy. He's been a must-roster player as is. I don't think it actually changes much for Jaden Ivey because Jaden Ivey has been significantly worse since Cade was, uh, has been out. His minutes have come down and all the same problems still exist for Ivey. He's not getting big assists. He's not getting good efficiency. I think the same... Like, I think Ivey's going to be solid in March, but can you wait? Yeah, it boosts Boyan Bogdanovich's value, gives him a little bit of stability in usage and assist rate. Um, it means Alec Burks becomes more viable as a 12-team streamer. But we've literally seen over the last two weeks what happens without Cade there. No need to extrapolate and go, oh, I wonder what happens now that Cade's gone. Like, we've seen it. It's the same shit that's just happened for the last two weeks. And, you know, that's the sort of the idea that's going to happen. We have got, a, it's not like an out of the blue, like, oh my God, out of nowhere, Cade's out. What happens? We've seen what happens. We know what happens. What's been happening is our decent blueprint of what we can expect as we move forward. But that's shit news. Andy Wiggins is out for two more games. Okay. Not great. Um, we hope. We hope that he's going to be better than that. Or he's going to get better soon. John Kaminga's an interesting stream, but probably more 16 team. Maybe 14. Jordan Poole gets that real big boost there. But that's really all that all that happens, I think, there with the... Um, with the Warriors, I don't think there's any massive, um, massive winners or huge like oh you got to do this. Like it, it helps pull, it helps Kaminga. Kendall Brown. Speaking of stress reactions, you don't not that you care about Kendall Brown particularly, but two way guy for the Pacers. It's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. I don't imagine we're going to see too much of him this season. Um, all the Jazz guys who were listed questionable: Jordy Clarkson, Larry Markinen, Mike Conley. They're all available to play. So the potential is what we talked about on the What to Watch For streaming show. Like Alexander Walker, maybe we stream him, but if these guys play, then there's no way. I mean, they're going to play, so no, he's not a streamable guy. Devin Booker's out again. Again, that was something we talked about. Hamstring tightness. Is that a bullshit cover for a real hamstring strain? I would go ahead and, and be really, really skeptical that Booker plays at all this week. We've also got an update on Yucca Pertle, and I'm going to rule him out for the rest of this week. He's going through some portions of practice, non-contact though. It's a slow process, apparently. Um, we just got to keep rolling with Zach Collins. I think he's a must-roster player until Pertle returns, whenever that is. Norman Powell, no timetable. He's a really big Jack candidate. Get that garbage out of here! Well, not really a Jack candidate. He's a clear, clear 12-team league drop, Norman Powell. And then, as expected as well, Al Horford is out tomorrow. The LA back-to-back, -back, he will return on Friday. We don't know whether Rob Williams is going to play on Tuesday or not at the time I've been recording this, but that means that you know, Blake Griffin gets that deeper league bump. You've got Derek White and Grant Williams and Malcolm Brogdon and even Sammy Hauser all getting that little bit of a boost with Horford out again against the Lakers on Tuesday. So a bunch of news um, for us to go through there, and we just went through it. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy, but not like you might have seen it. Not like with a salary cap and not against thousands of people. 
It's just you going up against individual player projections, man versus machine. You go in there and look at Jalen Brown over under 25 and a half points. Stick it in your lineup, whichever way you want to go. Derek White over under one and a half steals. Stick it in your lineup, whatever you want to go. Between two to six of those individual player projections, put them in your lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee. Putting an entry in is easy. You can do it in under 60 seconds. The payouts are safe and fast, and price fix is available in over 30 US states and in Canada. But it's not just the NBA. You can play all the big boys. NFL, disc golf, NHL, college football, bowl season coming up, college basketball, PGA, boxing, MMA, uh, cricket, European basketball. It's all there over on PrizePix. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's look at some waiver wire guys. The most added players over the last, say, 27 hours since the last time I ran this report was for the waiver wire show earlier yesterday. The number one added player was Jordy Goodwin, up 41%. Big opportunity for him. No Beal, no Wright, no Monte Morris. And he's taking advantage of it. I, I know that there is. it's going to be one of those guys. I'm always going to, maybe I'll just call it the the year seven. The people are going to be like, oh, but what, uh, what about, what about, what about when he plays next to Bam and then he still plays 30 minutes a night? They can't leave this beast off the court, right? Because they picked him up in their fantasy league and they truly just believe that it's going to happen. And I'm getting a little bit of that with Goodwin at the moment. He's a great stream, but there are literally three ball handling guards out at the moment. And I think Goodwin's a pretty good player. I think he might actually rival Monte Morris in terms of winning impact. I think he's really good. Right, but he is a two-way rookie point guard. They just traded for Monte Morris. They just paid a million, a million. They wish it was a million. They paid a trillion dollars for Bradley Beal. Dillon Wright was playing unbelievably to start the season. He's still a few weeks away. But there's no clear runway here for Goodwin to play 30 a night, I don't think. I don't think. We saw two, three games ago, he played 13 minutes. And that's with Dillon out. Now, that's a mistake. That's too few minutes. But we just keep rolling with him until guys come back. And I don't think that's going to last. But that, that's fine. That's good value. Pokushevsky up 21%. That's based off his last good game. We know it's going to be a roller coaster from Poku. This is what happens with Poku. It's up and down. He did start again today, but we'll talk about his game later on. This is what happens. Larry Nance up 18%. Clear must roster right across the board. Well, and not right across the board. Points leagues, I get it. 10-team points league, I'm not sure he's a must roster. You can look at his fantasy points to see whether it makes sense in your scoring setting. In a category league, you've got no excuse. He's a he's a must roster player. Um, Denny Avdia up 13%. The trend was in the right direction. The performance wasn't too good. I still think that he's probably worth holding while Beal is out, but when Beal returns, see you later, Denny. Zach Collins up 13%. I better come back here tomorrow and Zach Collins is up higher than that. He's got to be rostered. So does Kyle Anderson up 11%. No way he should be sitting on waiver wires. Marcus Morris up 11%. Now, normally I'd say that's terrible, but the Clippers play four games in six nights starting today. So it's good. And then you move on. Karis LeVert up 10%. That's bad. Um, and well, it's not bad. I guess people were unsure about Donovan Mitchell playing today. So they're like, oh yeah, LeVert put up good numbers with... Um, Mitchell out. It actually worked out okay today. Like he, he played pretty well, but I really don't believe in Levert long-term as a 12-team league guy. So I, I guess I guess it makes a little bit of sense there. The number one player dropped. It's not a surprise. It is Cade Cunningham down 28%. Okay, drop him everywhere outside of Dynasty Leagues. Drop him. Franz, uh, not Franz Wagner, the other one. Flaming Bo Wagner. Um, 
down 25%. I'm not sure I would have been that quick to get rid of him. Yes, Bumba played more than him last game. Not That doesn't necessarily guarantee that's what happens as we move forward. Alex Caruso, the rabbit hunter, down 20%. Quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Um, yeah, I get it. Injury over the weekend, but is he a 30-minute starting point guard that might get you six assists and two steals? That's pretty useful. I'm not sure it would have been that quick in that volume to drop him. Shake Milton, yes. Quentin Grimes, yes, but. Like, Quentin Grimes is a drop. He's not a 12-team long-term guy, but... Why would you drop him after you just heard that Jalen Brunson hurt his ankle? Now, I think Quickly's the better ad than Grimes, but I think Grimes would stand to gain value if Quickly, uh, if Brunson misses. So I wouldn't have dropped him that quick. Jose Alvarado down 10%, and with Herb Jones back, I totally get it. He's back to a streamer. Tari Eason down 10%. Again, you are just holding him as a stream option, as a stash option. That's it. He'll give the occasional good 12-10 league guy, but you need to be in a strong position to do this. And Ayo Desumu down 10%. Yeah, see you later. He got hurt in that game where we thought there might have been an opportunity for him with Caruso out. But uh, yeah, no, he doesn't have that opportunity because he got hurt himself. First game. Have a look at that final score. How's that a real final score in the, uh, whatever we in, 2022? That's a crazy final score. Miami, this is up against uh, Indiana. They win it 87-82. There is no way. I don't know how that is possible, but that's what happened. There was no um, Gabe Vincent in this one for Miami. Bam Adebayo, really, uh, really good stuff from Bam Adebayo. Bam, 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 bam. Um, 22 and 17, two steals and a block. Bit inefficient from the field, but good to see that really high 30 plus usage. He's stepping up with that. That's great. Jim Butler had 20 and 7 with 5 assists, while Hero, yeah, not great there. 8 points on 27%. His sky-high rebounds fell away, only 3 of them, but 6 assists to steal on a block. We'll give him a bit of a pass. He's been great. Caleb Martin played 40 minutes. That's awesome. The Heat have got this 4 in 6 schedule as well. Martin is a great schedule streamer. Even with this, you know, these minutes, he's still not a top 150 player over the week. I don't think he's a long-term guy, but he's always one of those names that's going to pop up as a streaming option. Max Struess, look, he's not a 12-team guy, but the schedule, the schedule, that, that's only where we get value. Nine points, three threes, 25%. He is a better shooter than this. I can assure you of that. So that's going to lead to some bigger numbers coming. I just don't think he's a must-hold. While Kyle Lowry... Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. That's just bad. Eight, two, and two with two threes on 30%. And Oladipo had five, four, and four. I don't, he's not rostered in many spots, Oladipo. I don't think he's a 10, a 12, or probably even a 14-team league guy. For the Pacers, yeah, we've got some big changes here, so strap in. We've got stuff to talk about because they made some big, big adjustments to their lineup. Aaron Neesmith started at power forward. He did hurt his shoulder. He grabbed a rebound, and bam, just basically macho-manned him, like elbow-dropped him onto the floor, hurt his shoulder. He did go to the locker room, but he returned and sat on the bench, never came back into the game. He's a starting power forward. The game here is great. 12 and 6, 2 steals, 3 blocks. I, I know that I am not trusting Aaron Neesmith to get me three blocks. Two steals, sure. He's been pretty good at steals. He's also been horrendous at shooting. 30 minutes for him. If you're in a 14-team league, I can sort of see it. I'm not seeing it very clearly, but I can sort of see it. I actually added him in a slightly deeper than usual 12-team league because I was, had a few injuries, and I thought, oh, right, let's see what happens, right? But I'm also I'm not going to tell people who I've got in that league because I'm waiting to for a, a waiver claim in that league. So I'm going to drop Neesmith if that waiver claim... Oh, I'll tell you anyway. I'm, I'm going to add the Bronco, Jalen Williams, because he's sitting on waivers. But I've got Neesmith, and I'll drop him for Williams. 
So he's more of a 14 to 16 team league guy. But what that meant is that our man that we definitely don't need to stand by, Jalen Smith, moved to the bench. Stand by your man! Now, in isolation, three steals and a block is really good. But he played 13 minutes, basically as the backup center. Two points on 0-4 shooting. He's, he's actually a bad on-court player. We knew he was a bad on-court player. We saw that in Phoenix, but they promised him this starting role. All right, 26 minutes, maybe a decent shooter. They're not playing for anything. Well, see you later, Jalen Smith. I Bad draft pick. Sold bullshit by coaches. See you later. Bye. Hope you held on to Andrew Nempard. 18-5 and 2, 3 3s a steal on a block, but more importantly, 34 minutes. He won't be like this every game pretty clearly, but I think there's enough 12-team value here, while Chris Duarte is probably going to return next week. Tyrese Halliburton, you couldn't have had a worse game, I reckon. One point on 0 of 9 shooting. Also, only six assists, but he added two blocks. Halliburton has been obviously great this season. This just stinks. And Benedict Matherin, speaking of stinking, 9-1-0, and zero, no steals, no blocks, 29%. Much like with Tari Eason, although Eason's got a significantly better fantasy game than Benedict Matherin, it's really hard to recommend holding him in 12-team leagues, Matherin. He's the 163rd ranked player in 192nd ranked player in category leagues. That's just not good enough. He doesn't do anything and the league is, it happens quite a bit. The league is adjusting to him a bit and he cannot get what he was doing previously. It's just not happening. If you didn't look at him as go away, he's a rookie. He's scoring a lot of points. If you looked at what he's actually doing, what he's actually contributing, you'd be like, what am I, why am I rostering this bloke? Look, I think he will get better and start to produce more later on in the year and improve his efficiency, but he doesn't have the greatest fantasy game. He doesn't have well-rounded fantasy category contributions. So maybe if he gets better, maybe he's a top 100 player for a significant stretch at the end of the year. Maybe. I think he's a conditional jack. Get that garbage out of here! Usually my conditions for jacking is like, am I awake? But with Benedict... <laughs> sorry. With, ben with Benedict Matherin, um, it's going to depend a lot on your individual team circumstance. Budrick Heald had 19 and 9 with three threes, while Miles Turner 15 and 13 with four blocks. Big game from Big Miles. It's been really, really strong this season. Um, really impressive stuff from Miles Turner. And I, I, I'm just, I'm not certain they're going to trade him. Again, if you default to, is this player going to be traded with an answer of no, you will be right the vast, vast, vast majority of time. If that's just how you default your decision on that, you will consistently be right. And maybe. Maybe we'll be right on that one again. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, the trends, the whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Professional amateur leagues, the NBA, football, college bowl season, the World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. So for next week in the NFL... We've got Brock Purdy. What do they call him? Big Cock Brock. Let's go. They're three and a half point favorites over the Seattle Seahawks for Thursday Night Football. All those odds, plus the odds for every other game, are up at betonline.net. So go over to betonline.net. Check it out on the website or use your mobile device. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next game, the Brooklyn Nets. They're actually... Um, they're actually looking pretty good at this point. The value is improved. 
They're they're playing at a I don't know a pretty impressive level, much better than they've been in the past, and you're starting to see a few things click. They were able to beat the Washington Wizards here pretty comfortably. 112 to 100 was the final score. Um, if you want to have a look at some of those numbers, like Kyrie Irving, I think he had 20 points in the first 13 minutes. He cooled down a lot after that. Ended up with 24, 6, and 5. One steal and two blocks, but good numbers there. While Durant continues to be great. 30 and 9, 6 assists, a steal, and a block. Again, he has just been really, really impressive this season and you know, absolutely worthwhile. A top five fantasy pick. I think he's the third ranked player this season. Just some great, great numbers again for Durant. Ben Simmons started alongside Claxton, but both guys were a bit limited. Um, Claxton did get a couple of early fouls, but ended with only 26 minutes, nine and seven with a steal and two blocks. And I saw a great quote from Mark Dagnott, which is something I look at. He goes, when you, well, I think when thinking about basketball, he's like, when you have a person, in, a player in foul trouble and you bench them because they're in foul trouble, you basically just foul them out anyway. Like you are taking them off to stop them from playing fewer minutes in the game. But by doing so, you are guaranteeing that they are playing fewer minutes in the game. So you, what he said is you, they're basic, you're basically fouling them out by preventing them from fouling them out. It's a, it's a tactic that every coach is stubbornly adhered to all the time, and it's frustrating. But that's what happened in this one with Claxton. Also, some hamstring issues limited him. Nine and seven with two blocks. While Simmons played 23 minutes, 10, eight, and five. Good scoring night from Tony Warren. 12 points in 19 minutes. 60% shooting. 12, four, and three is fine. I don't think he's a 12-team must-roster player. I don't see 27-minute upside here. Joe Harris played 23. He's a drop. Seth Curry played 22. He's a drop. We had five Cam Thomas minutes for some reason. For the Wizards, can you believe it? Will Barton played 33 minutes. Didn't play the last two games. Had been almost one of the worst players in the entire NBA. And then came out and had 22, 7, and 7 in 33 minutes on 53% shooting. Am I going to react to that? I'm not, but I'm paying attention to it. There are, there, there, are, there are a lot of guys out. Beal, Morris, Wright, Hachimura. All those guys are out. And they're all big, important pieces that are going to impact Barton. If all of those guys remained out next game, and the only two with really a chance of returning are Beal and Morris, would I look to stream in Barton? I, I'd consider it. But I also know he's been dreadful all season. Porzingis. Oh, no. Porzingis. 24 minutes and had to leave with back stiffness. Now, he said he got some treatment. He's okay, which is great news. I don't know if we want to believe that, but I think he's going to be okay. 20 points, three rebounds, two steals, and a block. If you don't have confidence in it, you add Dan Gafford. 10 and 10 in 20 minutes because he will be the guy that plays 26, 27 minutes and looks great. And they crossed over a little bit today. Stinking game from Kyle Kuzma. Everyone, not everyone, but there's always someone. Mate, you need to apologize to Kyle Kuzma. Mate, Kyle Kuzma doesn't know I exist. And I have said for the last two years that he has evolved into a very, very solid NBA player and a fantasy guy who steps up when needed. I've said that ad nauseum. It's obviously someone who's never listened to my show really ever and just heard me shit on him because the Lakers fans are calling him the future MVP. And then he goes out and shoots 38% from the field and misses all four of his free throws. And uh, then I laugh. Not because I don't think he's good. I think he's really, really solid. But that's just a really poor line. He still had 20 and 7 with four threes. That's still good. Those percentages are just rough. Avdi only 27 minutes. Yuck. 
Eight and seven. I still think we hold him until Beal comes back, but that's obviously disappointing, as is the Wizards actually even selecting Corey Kispert, but even playing him 36 minutes. Nine points with two threes on 25%. When your one skill is shooting and you can't do it, I don't know what you bring. He has no fantasy appeal to me whatsoever. We mentioned Jordan Goodwin before. Let's talk about what he did. 36 minutes for Goody. 11, four and seven with two steals. Now he's a very low usage player, but he gets by on high steals, really high steals. Another two here. He had five last game, I think, and seven assists. But it's the minutes. They're so big. Will that stick when Beal and Morris return? And you have to assume no, especially with how Barton played today. Because you can look at this and go, yeah, well, he's better than Morris and he's better than Barton, all this. But he was actually worse than Barton today. In overall production, Barton was better. So while this was a good game from Goodwin, I don't think that Wes Unsad looks at it and goes, all right, veteran that I've known for years, two-way rookie, a veteran, you actually outproduced the two-way rookie, but you're just not going to play now so that Jordan Goodwin can play 30 minutes. And we might look at that and go, yeah, there's more future in Goodwin. That's not how an NBA coach operates, usually. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they change tag. I'll be staggered if when Bill and Morris comes back, we're still getting 30 minutes of Jordan Goodwin. It's absolutely flawed. I have to reassess everything I've ever thought about an NBA coach, really, if that happens. I'll be very surprised. I'm not going to guarantee shit because I can't. But I'd be just very surprised if that ended up um, being that outcome there. This next game, I don't even know if what do we want to talk about it. Like, what's the point? Every dickhead in the world was out in this of this game. The Atlanta Hawks and the Memphis Grizzlies, one twenty-eight Memphis, one hundred three Atlanta. Atlanta was was without their best five players: Clint Capella, Dejounte Murray, John Collins, Trey Young, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. So they started a lineup full of luminaries: Trent Forrest, AJ Griffin. DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Johnson, and Anyeka Okongwu. And of course, such studs as Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Holiday coming off the bench. I'm surprised they got to 100 points. So while I look at this and go 14 and 9 from Jalen Johnson is really good, right? Okongwu had two steals, a block, and 10 boards. It's fine. He shot 25% somehow. Trent Forrest had two steals and four assists. Does it actually mean anything? Yes, Collins and Murray remain out, but Capella, Young, and Bogdanovich, definitely Bogdanovich is going to play next game. Sure, you Bogdanovich is going to play, but the other two I would expect expect that they play, and then any particular value, even someone like Jalen Johnson who moved to the bench and played 13 minutes last game, he's not going to have this opportunity. Yeah, AJ Griffin had 13 points in 25 minutes. He's looking just like a schedule stream guy whose minutes and production are all over the place. 13 points with two threes, not necessarily a must roster. And DeAndre Hunter, who theoretically should be the man on this team, the number one option with all those guys out, he has 19, one and zero. And let's face facts, he's not a very good player. He's definitely not a very good fantasy player. And he's still rostered in a like mind-blowingly stupid amount of leagues. This, ooh, almost, ooh, almost really sore then. This bloke is 211th for the season. What, what are we waiting? What are we doing? What, what on earth? Do you, do you roster DeAndre Hunter in a 12-team league? And if so, are you feeling all right? And secondly, why? There is no reason for this. Please. Please, I, I beg you, please do something to save me. There's, there's no need for this. And his name still gets bandied about in like good player discussion. I had someone ask me today, I got a list of these players... Um, you know, which ones do I need to keep? And it was like, uh, Nick Claxton, say, Larry Nance, DeAndre Hunter. I go, what? how's Hunter mixed in with these guys? Like, he's not remotely close, but he has that cachet. So somehow, somehow still will people, people believe in him. I know it's a lot of talk on DeAndre Hunter, but fuck me. Why is he still being rostered? 
Anyway, for the Grizzlies, Morant was out, Bain was out, Adams was out. So you know what that means. Ja Morant out, Tyus Jones in. 22 points, four threes, 11 assists, and three steals. This bloke is good. And saw a tweet from Jared Johnson, I think it was. He was saying, hey, look, with the amount that Jar gets hurt, and it's a lot, and how good Tyus is when Jar is out, it might just be worth holding him. Like, there are going to be games when, look, and he's the 188th ranked player, Tyus. That's not particularly good. But if you're a strong team, much like we talk luxury stashes, if you're a team in the top two or three of the standings, hold him. You're in a weekly league, hold him. You're in a roto games cap, hold him on the bench. Because then you get these games where you, you can get a maybe top 50, top 60 player and plug it in. It might get a two-week stretch of that at some point. Now, if you're battling, you don't want a guy who's going to play 18 minutes or 19 minutes next game. But the upside in these games is ridiculous. Jaron Jackson, 24 minutes, eight blocks. <laughs> 15 and seven. He's been so stupidly good. He's the 16th ranked player on a per-game basis this season. A- insane. Like, absolutely insane. Um, and this is, you know, it just blows up all my idea. I don't want to draft guys with serious injuries and spotty injury reporting with lower body injuries that are going to come back, you know, a month or two into the season. All right, he's come back well ahead of expectations and just playing like a crazy person. Dylan Brooks had 18, five and four with five threes. And I'm going to continue to say this. I think Kennedy Chandler is good. I think that he is starting point guard upside at some point. I won't say that he's like Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry is a legend and a guaranteed Hall of Fame player. But just for the fact that they both played in Memphis, stuck as a backup early in their career, I think there's really something here with Chandler. Eight, six, and seven with a steal and a block. Dynasty leagues, I really... I'm never not going to hit these all the time, but I really, I really like him. Brandon Clark only played 23 minutes because Adams was out. You drop him when Adams comes back. 11 and six. While Johnny Concha, Lou John. What? Nine, seven, and five. That's the Concha special. Just solid across the board. Keep going with him until Bane is back. Santi Aldama dropped in 16 in his 21 minutes, while Dylan Brooksy Brooks, 18, 5, and 4, and shot well. He's playing a lot better uh, of late, for sure. Let's go to the next one. The Thunder lose to the Mavericks, 121-114. Shea was brilliant again. 42 points on 61% shooting and a perfect 13 of 13 from the line. He's been unbelievable. He had three steals as well, only two rebounds, and only one three, but still ridiculous numbers. Who is... um? Who's ready to ride with me? Broncos country, let's ride. 38 minutes for the Bronco. 17, 2, and 4. 62% a block. He won't be this good every game. I maintain that he's a 12-team league option who's in between luxury stash and and stash or or usable player. This is highly encouraging. And the guy who normally has been starting, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, hurt his ankle today. 38 minutes is really good for Williams. I think he's going to end up being their second-best player Better than Giddy, like as early as next season. I think he's really good. Oh, actually, it's not true. Chet will be there. Sorry. Giddy had 15, oh, sorry, 14, 5, and 4. He didn't play the most minutes. He got, he struggled a little bit. Nilakana got some uh, defense into him. He's been much better. This was just not a great game. Uh, Lou Dort, 12, 7, and 3. Much like DeAndre Hunter, he is significantly overrated in 12-team leagues. Like, significantly. Not a top 150 player. He's okay to have. He's definitely not the must-roster guy. And Poku started and went scoreless. Of course he did. Of course he did. 
22 minutes, nine rebounds, no steals or blocks. How can I saw him have a block? I don't know why that didn't count. Um, again, it's just really hard with him. You can add him. You can have faith in him. But you shouldn't because it's going to go up and down all over the shop. And I think he's just going to be one of those guys who are adding and dropping and adding and dropping, unfortunately. Baisley played 19 minutes. Trey Mann played 10. I do not have faith in Trey Mann long-term, as you're probably well aware. Someone to watch for deeper leagues is Eugene Omarui. 13 minutes, two points, but he played like backup center in a closing lineup here with Robinson earlier. That's something to watch. I've also glossed over Isaiah Joe, and I shouldn't because he's good. 21 minutes for Joe, 12 points, four threes, seven boards. You wouldn't know this, but he's like a top 100 player over the last week. I don't think there's anything to do with that, but deeper leagues, the ability that Joe has to hit threes and stream them in, like he's, is he the best shooter on this team? Yeah, absolutely no doubt. He is the best shooter on this team. No problem. And that might be useful. I would love for him to get Trey Mann's minutes. I think he's a better player than Trey Mann. We'll see whether he's just a bit small and he's a horrific defender. Not that Mann is huge and a good defender. Hmm, I'm absolutely watching that because that could, he could push into 16-team territory really quickly, Joe. Really quickly. Robinson Earls have dropped six points in 14 minutes and he's injured. Get that garbage out! For the Mavericks, you're going to be shocked to know that Luka Doncic carried them 38, 11, and 8 and was 9 of 10 from line, so that's all good news there. Well, Dinwiddie had 20 and 7 with 10 assists and Tim Hardaway. It's like the small poku. Someone reminded me that I used to call Colin Sexton uh, short Harrison Barnes and Harrison Barnes I used to call tall Colin Sexton and it made me laugh. I just hadn't remembered that for so long. So Tim Hardaway doing the, uh, the, sh the short Pokushevsky. 20 points, six threes, two steals, 38% shooting, 29 minutes. That's a great line. Can we trust him? Fuck no. Like, well, how could we? With all these bullshit that has been going on up and down and up and down. Like, the role is strong. The production's going to be interesting. Finney Smith stunk. Nine points in 23 minutes. He hit 3-3, so that's all right. While Dwight Powell did nothing. And Christian Wood also, speaking of doing nothing, had eight points in 20 minutes. He continues to have his very big ups and downs. You still want to roster him. But that is a very disappointing performance. Reggie Bullock also played more minutes, 32 of them, in fact. Hit some shots, at least 75% on his um, four shots. I don't think there's any real fantasy value there. But what is interesting, with Wood playing only 20 minutes, Maxi Kleber, who I think is a really good player, guess what Maxi Kleber did? He did the thing. He did the thing that I said. Blocks and threes. He had two steal, uh, sorry, one steal, but two blocks and two threes. That's what he can do. Watch him. Watch that role. There could be real 12-team back-end value in him if he maintains a 27-minute role. It's a long shot, but he's he's a very good player. And if he gets those minutes because he is a very good player, then fantasy value might trickle along. Cavs lose to the Spurs, which is just bad. 112, 111, they lose. Jared Allen, 16 and 7 with three blocks. That's good. Um, Levert, interesting from Dracaris Levert. Even with old mate, Mitchell back, he played 29 minutes, had 23 points. Now, it comes on 69% shooting, Giggity. which of course has no way of sticking. He only had three assists. He had two steals. I'm not biting. I'm not looking at this go, ooh, I've got to go and grab Karis Levert. I don't trust that at all. Garland, I think he's a bit of a buy low at the moment. I would suggest that his um, eye might still be bothering him. 18, 7, and 9 on 32%. He's really struggling with some shooting stuff. And Mitchell had 28 and 5, but only one assist. That that hurts. That hurts his value. He, he will drop off a little bit, I think. Um, Lamar Stevens did nothing. Three rebounds in 25 minutes. He's obviously a terrible fantasy guy. While with Kevin Love back, who played 14 minutes, you can jack Kevin Love off. Get 
The Discman played only seven minutes. We knew it was a trap. We knew that big game from him was a trap and completely fake, and it was. Mobley had 17 and 13, so a good game from him. Onto the Spurs. They brought Devin Vassell off the bench, allegedly on a minutes restriction. He was great again. I think he's a really, really good player. 16, 2, and 3 with three steals. Well, Joshie Richardson, what a blow up this is. 24 points, 27 minutes, 5 threes, 69% shooting. I don't buy this as him being able to be this good regularly at all. I don't think that we need to add in 12s, but he's always a stream option when they play. Trey Jones was solid, 15, 4, and 5 with two steals. And Zach Collins, 28 minutes, 9, 10, and 5. That's good enough to be a 12-team league guy while Pirtle is out. Goldfinger had 6 and 11, Charlie Bassey in 20 minutes. That's a nice 14-team league option, I think. While the horse... Keldon Johnson. Whose horse is that? He um, stallion kicked you right in the balls and in the field goal percentage. 32% on 25 attempts. He's brutal. 36% usage. If you want to know how you tank NBA games, usually, somehow they won, it's giving subpar players number one offensive responsible roles. And you can't be accused of sitting guys and benching guys. You just go, hey, you're bad. Go and take every shot. And that's, that is overreacting a little bit to Keldon. I don't think he's that bad. But he is definitely playing in a role that is not him. 21-6-2 and two is good counters. It's really good counting stats. That efficiency is horrible. And they won somehow. Romeo Langford went from two really strong games back to being Romeo Langford. 3-3 three and three in 25 minutes. While Sohan had two 3-3 three and three in 18 minutes. I don't think he's a 12-team league player. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy. And you know he will improve minutes there. Um, as will Devin Vassell. But yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to register enough counting stats or even good enough percentages to be a 12-team player. Isaiah Roby started in place of Sohan. He had nine points in 15 minutes. He hasn't really been able to capture any of the magic that he did have last season. The next game. Yeah. The Blazers kill the Wolves. Smash them. 133 to 112, the final score. D'Angelo Russell continued his good form, so I guess that is a positive. 23-3-8, 47% shooting. He is a massive sell high to me. I don't know if anyone's going to give you top 30 or top 40 value back. But he's pushing inside the top 50 for the season now. And that's not the D-low that we know and sometimes love. Rudy Gobert played 32 minutes. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. He's on a nice little run here. 16 and 20, but still no blocks. Can't get blocks. And at age 30, I worry that they're never coming back. Like he is almost... Not quite, but almost a 50% decrease in his block rate from last season, which is a staggering amount. This is a guy that, you know, this is why you, they traded. You know, they, well, they shouldn't have, but this is why they traded for, you know, gave all those draft picks to get him is, you know, rim protection and defense. And block percentage has gone, I was exaggerating a little bit. It's gone from 5.7 down to 3.7. But two years ago, he had a block percentage of 7%. This is by far the lowest block percentage of his career. Like that's... It's just bad. Like It's just not good. And it's obviously impacting his fantasy value. We are seeing a little bit of an uptick in usage with Towns out. But, you know, the blocks, they're not coming. Like it's just, I don't know. He's been better, but it's still disappointing. Kyle Anderson, not his best game. 28 minutes, 9 points, but 5 assists and 2 steals. Remains a 12-team guy. Well, it's also a bit of a stinker from Anthony Edwards. That's the wrong button. 17 points is fine, but he just killed your percentages and then didn't get rebounds or assists. 17, 2, and 3. 38 from the field. 2 of 6 from the line hurts. 
He did have two steals, but a little bit disappointing. And I want to talk disappointing, Jaden McDaniels. I just don't think he's a very good fantasy player. Two points, one rebound. He had a steal on a block. Realistically, he is just looking like a steals and blocks sort of streamer. That's really about it. Low usage, bad rebounder. He gets the steals and blocks in bunches. In a points league, I don't think you need to hold him in a 12-team league. In a category league, I probably would. But, like, this is like not great. It's He's struggling. He is yeah, up and down with the defensive stats. The minutes are up and down. His free throws are, are falling off. He's losing free throw attempts. Like, where's the upside in this guy for this season? I guess the upside, you could say, well, he's going to be better than he currently is. I'm not sure how much better he's going to be. Naz Reed had 10 points and Jalen Noel snuck in 17 in 23 minutes. Noel's a good streamer when you're looking for points, but not a guy that I think is a 12-team rosterable guy. How about Dame, though? 29 minutes only, because that's how much they killed him. 38 and 11. He did this in three quarters. And by 11, I should have clarified, that's 11 threes. Lillard is the number one player in fantasy over the last week. He's now jumped inside the top 12 for the season. He has missed a little bit of time, obviously, but I think he's going to be really good rest of the year. 62% shooting, and his return has meant, as we expected, or as we assumed, or as we uh, predicted, that um, Red Simon's got gonged. Gong him, Red! 33 minutes for Anthony, 12 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. He's now outside the top 150 for the last week. He is, before today, he was 40th for the season. He's going to fall and fall and fall. And as long as Dane plays, it's just impossible for Simons to do what he did. It's, it is, it is. Jeremy Grant is also falling a little bit, but he gets by or continues to get by on elite shooting. Another 50% shooting night from three, 58 overall. He had 24 points, but what worries me is only 22 usage and there's nothing else there. Three rebounds, two assists. He had a block. The seven of seven from the line is really good. He's taking away from Simons. I don't think that Grant can maintain this value. So maybe there's a sell high there. Justice Winslow played like 13 minutes last game. Played 30 here. Now, a lot of that's garbage time, but ended up with 9, 6, and 10. I don't think we need to do anything with that, but it's worth noting. Josh the Hitman Hart had 8 and 7, and Nurkic had 14 and 16. Another good game from Nurk, who has been really, really strong this season after a shaky start. Shaden Sharp added 14 points, but there's just so much garbage time that went into this game that um, yeah, the final six minutes were all garbage time, and that enabled guys like Winslow and Sharp to get a little bit, put a bit of extra mayo on their overall production. Let's do the last one. Another blowout in the end. 113 Clippers, 93 Boston. Malcolm Brogdon's really hot run continues. 31 minutes, 18, 4 and 6 with two threes. He's shooting really well. I think he's a massive, massive sell high. Not only is there injury risk, but there are two starters to return to this lineup in Williams and Horford. And he just isn't going to continue to be this good. He got some extra garbage time bonuses here as well. Played more minutes than both Jalen Brown, or actually, no, he didn't play more than Tatum, sorry, more than Jalen Brown in this game, more than Grant Williams in this game. Um, about the same as Marcus Smart, and that's just not a realistic thing. I, I find it hard. I, I think I prefer him over Derek White, for example, who I think we can jack. Maximum Derek. Get that garbage out! White had three points in 15 minutes and he's going to move to the bench. Like he started this game, but he's not going to maintain this when Williams is back. I'm pretty confident with that. Um, Brogdon's got more value there, but this is a sell high moment. Tatum had 20 and 11 with two threes. He is outside the top 70 over the last week. 
And we saw what he was doing early in the year with the really high field goals and really high blocks. It felt unsustainable. He shot 35% here. That is really starting to come down. He's now down to eighth uh, per game for the year. And I think that's going to drop even further after today. Brown had 21-4-2. Good game. While Griffin had 5-6-5 in a start. You don't need to worry too much about him. But I guess if you wanted to stream tomorrow, maybe Griffin's useful. I doubt it though. Marcus Smart had three points. That's just a stinking game. 17% shooting with three assists is not good. And I mentioned Derek White struggled. I thought Grant Williams was all right. 15 and four with two steals, but I don't really see him maintaining 12-team value when players return. For the Clippers. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, you are, big fella. 29 minutes for Kawhi Leonard. 25 points, nine rebounds, six assists, two triples. 83% shooting is obviously not going to stick. Three from five, three from six from the line is also probably not going to stick. But we finally went, ah, oh, oh yeah, maybe he's not cooked. Maybe he's not washed. He looked dominate, like he dominated in this game. And that's 30, 30, and 29 minutes the last three games. He's still on a restriction. He would have hit 30 if this game wasn't a blowout. Um, he would have pushed past 30. He, I wonder if he's going to be able to hit top 50 per game. I think he can. I, I do think he can. Top 15 is probably pushing it. But I think Kawhi can probably get back into that top 50, maybe top 40, maybe top 30. He looked great. Paul George had 26-6-3. Didn't shoot well, Georgie, but that's good numbers otherwise. And then it's just a mess again. Now, the Clippers have the benefit here of playing three games in the next five nights. They play Wednesday, Thursday... And then Saturday. So the shitfulness that is Marcus Morris, who had 13 points. The shitfulness that is Reggie Jackson, who had 7-2-2. Two, and two. Like, the only reason to hold them is three games in five nights coming up. And, and that's useful, quite clearly. But after that, get rid of him. Norman Powell probably won't play the rest of this week. Kennard had 12 points with two threes. He's a good stream for those games. And Zubats had some groin issues before the game. And then got into foul trouble, played 17 minutes. His numbers are tanking hard. And we knew, because Tyler told us, that they're going to play small a lot more when Kawhi and PG are back. So Zubat's played 17 minutes and no other center played. That's it. They just went small the whole time. And that's not even including Robert Covington, who did not play. They did play Musa Diabete and Moses Brown for the three minutes of garbage time at the end of this game. But say for the other 45 minutes, we had Zubat's play 17 and it was just all, all wings and no Robert Covington, who was their backup center. It was Batum and Morris and those sort of guys. And they lent into it. That really, that sort of mentality. Yes, and Zubat's injury and foul trouble is a part of it. But we're seeing the numbers for him drop and drop and drop. I don't think he's going to become a 12-team droppable player. But we are seeing the impact of... And it's always great when a coach tells us something and it's real. That's what he said. Like, yeah, we're, going to, we're going to rely upon Paul George and Kawhi to anchor small ball units... And they were out, so Zubats played more. And now they're back, and Zubats plays less. Love when stuff is just straightforward like that. It's great. We love that. Let's, um, let's do the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is Shea Gildas-Alexander. The waiver wire line of the night is Tyus Jones. I talked about that earlier on, saying hmm, maybe there is some merit in just holding him and seeing what happens. The young gun is Evan Mobley, and the dart of the night is Maximum Derek. Your top 10 players in category leagues today. Number one was Shea, followed by Durant, Doncic, Lillard, Jaron Jackson, Tyus Jones, Kyrie Irving, Miles Turner, Bam Adebayo, and Spencer Dinwiddie. 
Top 10 players rostered under 50% of leagues. Tyus Jones, just talked about him. Uh, Farton, Will Barton, I, I, don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think we're adding him in 12s. Aaron Holiday, God no. Josh Richardson, really good game today, but look, not even a top 200 player this season. I don't buy that. Justice Winslow, racked up good numbers, but Lillard didn't play the entire fourth quarter. He played all of garbage time. Winslow to get to 30 minutes. Do not buy into that as a 12-10 league guy. Just on Lillard, though, he did have some ice on his leg at the end of that game. He did cop a bit of a knock, so we, we'll wait and see. I don't think it's any problem, but we'll wait and see on that. Kennedy Chandler, you know my dynasty thoughts on him. Aaron Neesmith, maybe a 12-team stream, maybe. John Concha, sorry. Lil John Concha. Okay. I think he's worth a 12-team hold. Jalen Johnson, probably not. And the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Oh, yeah, we're riding. Broncos country, let's ride. Top 10 players in Yahoo Points Leagues. This is really interesting to look at. Damian Lillard was great today. 14th best player in Points Leagues. His game is not a good Points League game. Well, not an elite points league game. Number one was Doncic, followed by Gildas Alexander, Durant, Adebayo, Jaron Jackson, Miles Turner, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Tyus Jones, and Rudy Gobert. And that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And when you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. I might start asking like a random question at the end of shows. Oh, here's a random question if you're still here, which you can drop in the comments. If you were to redo the 2019 NBA draft, would you take Zion Williamson at one or Ja Morant or RJ Barrett? No, not RJ. <laughs> would you take Zion at number one or would you take Ja Morant at number one? I have firmly always been in the Zion camp and I will remain in the Zion camp. Well, who would you pick at number one? Anyway, follow this podcast. Apple Podcasts. Did I say this? I don't know. Anyway, follow this podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave those comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.